Welcome back to another episode of the Nothing to Do podcast. I am your host, Jeremy. Um, I'm standing up right now, not because I'm doing an audition tape or because I'm practicing to be a stand-up comedian. It's getting stale in here, y'all. It's getting stale. Creativity and inspiration and motivation on my end is at an all-time low for this show right now. And I can maybe pinpoint a few reasons why. Some of the stuff I talked about in um, in the last episode, which I think was three weeks ago. Um, so this is an attempt for me to get the thoughts going, the juices going. I'm a pacer. So sometimes I just like to walk around and pace. A lot of you listening are probably just listening on Spotify. I'm like, I don't even know if you're sitting, standing, or taking a shit, or in fucking, I don't know, fucking Guam recording this. It doesn't matter to me. I'm just letting you know what's going on here at NTD Studios, a.k.a. um, my living room. There is no more, at least for the time being, there is no more time or format or schedule for the Nothing to Do podcast. It comes out when it can come out. And that's where I'm at right now. And that being said, I do have some exciting stuff lined up for the show. Um, to break the monotony of fucking sitting here and talking to myself and responding to Juancito and... You know, breaking down some of the hardest-hitting sports stories uh, that have come out of Providence. Um, but damn, so much has gone on in the past three weeks or so since I was last with you guys. Where do I begin? There's Tom Brady, there's LeBron, there's the NBA trade deadline, the Super Bowl, the Grammys. Fuck the Grammys. I know, I know this is like an annual and perpetual thing. That happens every year at the end of January where the Grammys get super hyped up and the next day's winners who should have won don't win and people who you don't who we don't know or don't listen to win all these big awards. Um am I surprised? No. Um I will say, listen, Harry Styles winning over Beyonce, I can see that. Um I can see that. I didn't even listen to um, Beyonce's Renaissance album. A bunch of people, uh, mostly women, told me that it was pretty good, um, as they do all Beyonce albums. I didn't listen. I listened to, like, the three singles that came out at fucking gym class when the fucking gym teacher's playing it or some shit, right? Um, but for the most part, it's, you know, I I don't care for Beyonce, like most people do. She probably should have won. I can see why Harry Styles wins, right? But I can see Harry Styles winning album of the Fucking Lizzo, however. Who the fuck is Lizzo? Who is Lizzo? Like, is Lizzo just like the biggest industry plant like that we've seen in the last fucking 10 years? I mean, like, who the fuck listens? Like, fuck Lizzo. She won, re- she won like, best, like, record of the year or... 
pop performance of the record. Some she runs some big ass thing for some song that I've never heard of. I've never heard, and that I've never heard even in passing. Listen, I Lizzo makes music for fifty five year old white women. Um, she's like this big, like supposed to be like this big black icon. Like no pun intended, because she's fucking huge. <laughs> but um. Like, I don't know anybody who listens to her music. I don't know anybody who listens to her music at all. And she's like apparently the biggest fucking pop star, the biggest, um, you know, one of the biggest names in music. I've never heard her music. I've never heard anybody fucking cape for her music. I never hear her music in passing. And she's just like lifted up to be this enormous... <laughs> This enormous symbol of, like, loving yourself and loving your body, which is another conversation that I find, like, very weird, for lack of a better word at the moment. Listen, I woke up, like, an hour ago. I did this setup. I got my coffee here. Um, I'm, like, talking to you with my back towards the camera, like, this whole time. But anyways, Lizzo, she's, like... It's like the whole, it's kind of like the whole, um, is fat shaming wrong <laughs> type thing. Cause it's like with Lizzo, listen, fuck Lizzo. Again, fuck Lizzo. Good for Lizzo. Happy for Lizzo. But fuck Lizzo. Um, should we, like, it brings up the question should we be embracing, ob- like, you're basically, we're basically embracing obesity. Like, that's what Lizzo's brand is, like, embracing, like, that she's a big, fat, fucking black woman. And I know that sounds really harsh and really insensitive and probably really ignorant. But it's like, we're, like, celebrating obesity in a way, right? Like, I understand the love yourself part stuff. But... Like, Lizzo's 347 pounds. And she's out there in, like, a bathing suit or bikini or a dress that fucking scissors should be wearing. And she's like, like, I love myself and I love my body and all this stuff, which is cool, I guess. Um, But what happens when, like, she wakes up one day and, like, she's, like, has this existential loneliness and this depression and that her whole popular and cultural identity is just her being a big, fat, fucking black woman? Like, what happens then? <laughs> like, And then she decides to go on a courageous journey to lose 257 pounds and be healthy. And then we find out that her music really isn't that good because it's not. Because I played it. I played one song. I played the song that won for 30 seconds this morning just to get ready for this half-assed monologue I'm giving you in the show. Um, Only to be, like, extremely underwhelmed. Um, And just be like, yeah, wow, like, I don't know what, like, this is, this is the most industry as industry gets in terms of just, like, Pumping out this star. Listen, happy for Lizzo. Good for Lizzo. But fuck, fuck Lizzo. Um, that's what I got to say on that. 
And then what? Like Kendrick wins best rap album of the year. That's a given. Um, and who else? Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny. You know, Bad Bunny should have won album of the year. Bad Bunny should have won album of the year. Just for like its cultural impact alone. Like quality wise, it was good, right? It was pretty solid. You're not going to miss with the Latino community. He had some songs in there that kind of switches up not only his sound, but just kind of like elevating the sound of reggaeton, right? Which is dope. But it, that, that album had such a cultural impact, not only in Latino culture, but like culture in general, pop culture in general, uh, and just like the massive wave that, you know, it caused. I think he should have won it. And... In a way, he, like I think they gave him. I forget he won. He did win an award that night. I forget which one it was. Um, and good for him. Um, shout out to Bad Bunny. Yeah, fuck the Grammys and fuck Lizzo. Uh, yeah. If you if you listen to Lizzo, text me. Hit me up. Slide into my DMs. Comment on my story. Tell me your favorite song and favorite album. I guarantee you. That if this podcast was as big as, like, a fucking Joe Rogan podcast, <laughs> and, I, and I just said for people to text me who listen to Lizzo, I wouldn't get one fucking text because nobody listens to Lizzo except for private school moms. Private school white moms. Um, and, yeah, that's that's... That's you know it's been it's been a crazy it's been a crazy couple of weeks in just like pop and sports culture in general. We got the Super Bowl this weekend, which I'm pretty fucking excited. Uh, why would I? Why would I? I just as I was saying that, I was like, I'm not that excited for the Super Bowl. I'm just I'm flat out lying to you guys. I'm not excited for the Super Bowl. I hope the Eagles. I'm going for the Eagles. I'm going for the Eagles. I'm picking Eagles to win 31. To 21. Um, I'm sick of Pat Mahomes. God damn it, do I respect Pat Mahomes, but I just don't like him for some reason. I don't know if it's his face. I don't know if I'm just a hater. I think some of it has to do with his wife and his brother just, like, being the most cringy fucking people on, like, the face of planet Earth right now. But I don't want to see Pat Mahomes win. I don't want to see. I'm tired of the Chiefs. I'm tired of the hype. I want to see the Eagles and Jalen Hurts go in there and fucking smack them in their mouth. Um, and while we're on the topic of football, the GOAT, the GOAT, Tom Brady officially retires after a very underwhelming season on the field and a very overwhelming season in his personal life. Let's not, lest we forget. This man came into the league second to last pick overall in, I believe, the year 2000 or 1999. And he came in as a backup and he won the Super Bowl. And then he proceeded to win five more Super Bowls with the New England Patriots, with my New England Patriots. And then he goes to a retirement city in Tampa Bay, Florida, and joins up with some old friends and wins another fucking championship to make it a whopping seven fucking rings. The records, I, he has all-time passing records, touchdown records, you name it. And yet, 
he somehow manages to lose his family in the process. How do you do that? How does that happen? You retire last year for what was, what, like 40-some days? And I remember I went to the whole conspiracy of, of Giselle being a fucking bruja and all that. Um, whatever. I forget how many days it was. But you, but you, you, and then you leave retirement, sacrificing your family and your kids in the process to play another year of football, only to go eight, what was it, eight and nine in the worst division of football and then get absolutely tossed against a historically bad playoff franchise since like the 80s. I know the Dallas had their run in the 80s or early 90s or they were winning chips like crazy. Not in my lifetime. Dallas is historically tragic in the playoffs and you let Dak Prescott take an absolute shit on your chest only to go out the next year. But you listen, Tom, you already lost your family. You lost your kids. You lost your wife. The divorce is final. Why would, like, what, 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 why wouldn't you just, I would keep going. Just keep going. Because nothing says a big, a more big of a fuck you to Giselle than to just win another chip and be like, yes, I still got it. And he had teams, like, teams wanted him. I heard Miami wanted him. Tampa still wanted him. The Raiders wanted him. Right? That's, that's a head scratcher. That, that's a head scratcher for sure. To play, to come back, fake retirement, come back, have a very mediocre year, lose your family, turmoil, lose probably millions in the FTX scandal, because he definitely had some money in FTX. He was he was the face of him with another a bunch of other celebrities with the face of FTX for a while until that whole fucking scheme just came crashing down. And you, and you leave. You leave. I think skill-wise, Tom, Tom had at least another two years in him. As long as he had a good team. A decent team. A decent line. That's all you, if Tom had a, a solid line, he had a good two, at least two years left in him. That's all he needed, right? He can't take a hit. He, he hasn't been able to take a hit in a while. He knows that, which is why he's very good and he's very aware in the pocket. He'll just go down. He'll just go just straight ragdoll right down, just flop on the floor like a fucking kindergartner who still can't get, you know, can't walk well on his feet. And that's all he needed is a good line. And he could have made another run at the Super Bowl. So, yeah, that's a head scratcher, Tom. Such a legendary resume to just end it. In such a like, like, huh? Really? Your wife's gone already, pal. Keep going. Win another Super Bowl. And then mail her and then get a copy of that ring. And then mail it to her. And that'll just be like a big fuck you to Giselle. Right? Because he ain't low. I mean, he definitely wants her back. That retirement force, he he had some little 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 Giselle picks sprinkled in there. Like, oh boy, I know what you're doing. Seeds are getting planted. The divorce was final, not 
fucking 10 weeks ago, and he's already trying to, you know, trying to get back in there. But congrats, congratulations, Tom. You gave us, we watched, we watched some, probably the greatest sports player, top, top three greatest sports player of all time. And he did, and he did 90% of his work for our hometown in New England. Uh, so we salute you. <laughs> Shout out to Tom Brady. And this is where I transition to another great in LeBron James. LeBron James. LeBron James passes Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in all-time points. Earlier this week against, who was it? doesn't matter who was it. It doesn't matter who was it again. He just did it. He dropped 38. He needed 36. And that was really cool. I guess I didn't watch the game. I was asleep. I mean, we knew it was going to happen. Um LeBron's dad is sick right now. I mean, he's been sick for like he's been down. He must he must have been down bad for at least the last 10 years of his career. But now he's fucking LeBron James' dad is down bad. He is in a bar in Ohio right now just pissed drunk out of his mind. Down bad. Talking about, that's my boy. <laughs> boy, oh my God. I would kill myself if I was LeBron James' dad. <laughs> oh my God. Like, how do you do that? He's like, yo, how do you do that? You think he's ever tried, like, I get, you think he's ever tried to get back in his life and they just buried the story? Like, LeBron James just kept it like, you know, every four years, like, son, oh, try, no, dad, fuck you. You left me and my mom. Or maybe he doesn't have a dad. Like, like maybe he's just, like, a spawn of, like, some, like, celestial being. Like, his mom is, like, the Virgin Mary, and then he's, like, the Jesus Christ of basketball. And he's like the son of God, which is why he's been able to do all these things for all he for as long as he because he's thirty eight and he's still putting up these numbers. Or he could just be like roided up, juicing, because he's thirty eight. That they're still dunking on niggas like crazy. Um, but yeah, the <laughs> yeah, LeBron's LeBron's dad, man. I mean, SNL should make a skit on where LeBron's dad was. The day he broke the fucking scoring record. Because that, that could be, I don't know, that would be funny. The trade deadline was pretty fucking crazy. <sighs> trade deadline, the trade deadline. What happened in the trade? Look, I'm, I can't even fuck. Kyrie and KD just leave. Just the most tragic and dysfunctional and toxic trio of Harden. Irving and KD has finally, finally come to a close officially. I think together when they were in Brooklyn, what was the stat? They played like 14 games together. They were on the team for two years. They played 14 games together. Kyrie Irving at his time in in Brooklyn missed 70% of his season because he didn't want to get vaccinated. Uh, when he was finally eligible to play, he wasn't he missed like a week or so for like a family birthday. Um, 
didn't play. Did he play in those playoffs where where they lost to the Bucks? I don't think he did. Um, loses to the Boston Celtics in four straight games to his former team to get swept in the first round last year. Has a whole scandal on uh, the Amazon Israelite film uh, documentary that came out earlier this year. Gets suspended for that, and then Brooklyn proceeds to drag him through the mud um, in order for him to be eligible to play again, which I think, I think is one of the big. I forgot about that, and I think is one of the big reasons why he wanted to leave Brooklyn. And I and I'm not I'm not mad. aside from all of all of all of the other Kyrie shit. I could see I could I could definitely see why. Like I I would definitely want to leave Brooklyn if. If they put me through some shit like that, like this, that was like the most emasculating shit. They made him like go like me with the rabbi and like learn about like Judaism and like have have him do like this community service type bullshit. Like, I'm not saying what he what he posted or not post. I never saw the documentary. I'm not saying it wasn't hurtful and it wasn't harmful and it wasn't like ignorant or anything. But it's just like just suspend the man and get it over with. But like they like made it a point to like almost emasculate him, which. To be fair to him, like I'd be like, yeah, fuck you guys. I like a week before the trade, I demand a trade, and Brooklyn's like, you know what? You could have it. We we're done with you. And then not a week later, KD goes to the Suns, forms another super team, and now all of a sudden the Suns are the favorites in um in the West, which I don't agree with. I'm very I'm very much starting, but as the years go by, I'm very much starting to hate the super team culture. Um, I know a lot of people are sick of the Warriors. I'm not that sick of the Warriors. Mainly because the Warriors, aside from the Celtics, are the only good homegrown team in the NBA. The NBA just they buy teams. They don't they don't raise them anymore. You know, they don't they don't develop players. They don't develop teams. You know? Which is why I love this fucking Celtics team, and which is why I like the Warriors and respect the Warriors. And even though the Warriors are, I think, they're in the top 10. They'll probably make a play-in game. And I think that if they make it into a series and make it out of the playing rounds, that they'll take the West. As long as, uh, as Curry's healthy. Um, yeah, as long as the team is healthy. Uh... And I hope they fucking do. Because I'm sick of these fucking super teams. I'm sick of the super teams. Um, fuck KD. You know, honestly, all this shit I talk, I've talked about Kyrie. I still think I like Kyrie better than KD. <laughs> like, as a player. There's something, like, I. there's a level of respect I have for KD's game. And I really want to like him. But he just makes it really hard to like. Because... Like he's just he he's like kind of a diva, and obviously it it obviously all started with like him going to Golden State like five six years ago whenever that was. Excuse me. And um, he goes to Golden State, pulls that pussy ass move, and then he gets into like Twitter beefs with like guys with. Twitter, like, Twitter, crazy Twitter handles, like, fucking freaky boy, one, two, three. 
and, and like trying to defend his legacy and like with burner accounts, he gets into arguments with like fucking Michael Rappaport, <laughs> like on his in DMs, like, and then he does that bullshit this earlier this year when Kyrie was out, like. Just basically throwing his whole team under the bus, being like, I got Nick Claxton and Royce O'Neal and fucking, I don't fucking know. Like, what do you expect? Like, how do you, you don't do that as a leader? Like, and I'm not saying like, not everybody has, not every great player has to be a leader in that, in every sense of the word, but you don't do that. You don't fucking do that. You don't do that shit. Um, so part of me, aside from the Warriors, in terms of the West, obviously I'm going for the Celtics to win the whole thing. But so aside from the Warriors, I would love to see Kyrie and Luka just absolutely take a shit on the Suns in the playoffs. Um, cause I love Luka. I love Luka. Who doesn't love Luka? You know what I think? I think Luka, <laughs> cause you know, they're, they're all, you know, it's all happy go lucky right now. Kyrie just got there. Everyone's brothers. They just want to play some great basketball. They're excited for the possibility, you know, of making a run for the championship, right? Give it eight months, and Luca is going to call Kyrie a nigga. <laughs> and we're going to be okay with it. And I'm not going to, and I don't mean it in like a racially, like, Luca, it's not going to be like, he's a fucking nigga, right? It's going to be more like Luca's going to be like, it's going to, something's going to leak, and Luca's going to be like, what the fuck is wrong with this nigga? It's gonna be something like that, like a very, a very casual, just N word, gonna call Kyrie. Like, what the fuck? And I think it, I'll be, I'm okay with. I think I would, I would give him the pass. But who am I to give? I'm like, <laughs> who am I to get? Like, I'm, I'm not even black, like in the sense. So, I, I mean, listen, I'm the last person who is going to validate another white guy, another white man, um, to say the N word. But I'm, all I'm saying is that if you're asking me, I'm okay with it. If he uses it in that context, I think Luca's blacker than fucking seventy percent of the NBA right now. He's definitely blacker than John ja Morant. That's another one. Ja fucking Morant. As much as I want to like him and I love his game, like he's just like apparently he's just the fakest gangster. Like very much, this man's a gangster. Your real name is Clarence, and Clarence's parents had a real good marriage, and he went to private school in the like that. Apparently, that's John Morant, but he's out here talking. He be out here tweeting about, you know, you can, you can, you can see how these hollows feels, and he's with his goons in a fucking, um, in a fucking truck uh, with like training what is allegedly to be um, lasers, laser sights. From guns on Pacers players, and he's doing all these fucking like fake gangster shit, and he's like not a tough guy. Listen, Luca's blacker than John Morant. That's all I'll say. So if Luca calls Kyrie a nigga in the context that I just broke down, then I'm fine with it. And I and I'm I'll I'm I'll go down and submit that like most you know mostly everybody will be fine with, it, especially being Kyrie, because Kyrie is out of his fucking mind. I just ca- I cannot wait. I cannot wait to see and hear or witness how this um how this fallout's going to turn out cuz it's inevitable. Kyrie will fall out wherever he goes till the end of time, till the end of his career as an NBA athlete. And I lo- and a part and I st- for some reason I can't hate Kyrie. He is he's also a diva. 
and a terrible teammate, long term at least, and a terrible just for you know he's just not like <laughs> he's just clearly has shown that he's not he's just like a toxic individual in the locker room and on the floor if you give him enough time to show it right. But there's just I don't know if it's, it's something about his game like. I, I just can't hate the guy. I don't know. I, I, still li- I think I still like him more than KD. Um, so I guess that's my that's the hot take for the day is Luca's going to call him a nigga. Um, yeah, I, I, think I've t- what, I think I've touched on mostly everything I wanted to talk about so far. Um, and I like the standing up thing. I think it's work for at least for right now it's working. I think the coffee the fact that I'm drinking coffee as I do this episode is also helping. Um but yeah, I'm gonna pay I think I think I my thoughts are getting out there a little bit more more freely as I'm pacing. Yeah. Um do I have I'm going to New York a little later today. Um Shout out to Zeb. It's Zeb's birthday today, so happy birthday to you, my guy. I saw him last weekend. He came to Rhode Island. Um, and he, um, we're, you know, we're going to go party. I'm going to go party in New York with him a little later tonight. Um, but shout out to him. Since it's his birthday, I will say, listen, Zeb is one of the most, like, he, he just, my, for those of you who don't know Zeb, uh, he is a musician. Uh, he's a drummer. And he went to New York and pioneered our friend group movement to New York way before any anybody else did. Um, when he, I think he went there when he's been there for eleven years now, and he has been grinding as a drummer, as a musician, playing, you know, studying and playing and just grinding out these gigs. And I would always tell him, I was like, just keep. Doing what you're doing. Keep working hard at it. And, I, and I'm not I'm not coming at it like like as in terms of like I know like I just I am a firm believer of like that uh the you know the a thousand the was it ten thousand hour theory that or um the ten thousand hour idea or theory that Malcolm Gladwell talks about where if you put that much time and effort into a craft that the fruits of that labor essentially will that you will one become an expert, and two the, the the fruits of that labor will come to show. Well, in the last year and a half, Zeb, that is clearly the case. My boy is has been part of this pretty successful band called Simon Spine. They make great music. He's been on tour. He's played AC. I'm pretty sure he's played ACL. He's played Coachella. He's been on a Europe tour. And he's going back on a Europe tour. So, Zeb, to one of the, the most consistent and hardworking people I know. Um, This man does not have a bad vibe in his entire body. Um, And I'm proud to call him my friend and happy birthday to you. I don't think I've, I don't think I've given anybody on this podcast at all that type of love yet. I got to start, I got to start doing that more maybe for birthday shout outs. No, I, I, I think my sister, I, I've given my sister a lot of love on this. But yeah, Zeb, happy birthday to you, man. I can't wait to see you in a couple hours. Um, and yeah, um, I, I started this episode and I was talking about 
sort of um, where I've been at mentally with this show. Um, and I talked about it last year, like, you know, the last episode. It's tough. My schedule is just like a lot crazier now between work and this master's program. And I just can't find the time, nor the, not even that I can't find the time, because that's not true. You can make time something, it's, I think it's, it's time and it's, it's motivation. Um, and yeah, I've just, I've, I've, it's been hard for me to find the motivation to get up and record these last couple weeks, which makes me, I, I think, which makes me question my commitment to the show in a sense, if that makes any sense, as well as if this is something that I, um, that I want to keep growing and pursuing. But I, I said it before and I'll say it again. The answer will always be yes. And I'm glad that I'm recording today and that I switched it up because I've been having a lot of fun rambling like a crazy person in front of the camera while I'm standing up like a stand-up comedian or some shit. I've been having a lot of fun this last fucking 35 minutes, however long it's been I've been recording. And it really comes down to the question to to the question is like, well, I re- if I give up on this show now, um, will I regret it in the? F- I think will I regret it in the future? And I think the answer is one thousand percent yes. Um, and no matter how uninspired, unmotivated I may feel at certain times when it comes to the Nothing to Do podcast. Um, it's moments like the moments I'm having right now that make me remember that, yes, I love fucking doing this. And yes, I do want to keep growing this. And with that being said, I do have, um, some, some things, some people in the pipeline for the show that I'm really excited about. And that's all I'll say now, um, just to not... (laughs) jinx myself or jinx the process or whatever it may be. I'm just kind of keeping it hush. But in terms of me putting out episodes every other Monday, as of right now, I don't think I can commit to that schedule for a number of reasons. Um, So, I mean, I'll, I'll aim for once a month as a bare minimum just to get the rust off. But who knows? Maybe I'll be back fucking next week. Um, but that being said, keep moving forward. I need to keep pushing. And anybody who may feel how I'm feeling about whatever they're pursuing or creating, just fucking keep, keep pushing, keep going. Uh, and remember, always remember, fuck Lizzo. And that's it for this episode of the Nothing to Do podcast. Until next time, you dirtbags. Holla.